0: Now, for those of you who don't qualify, there is still the 10% off using the code BTS10, Behind the Shield 10, for a one time purchase. Now, to learn more about Thorne, go to episode 323 of the Behind the Shield podcast with Joel Totoro and Wes Barnett. Welcome to the Behind the Shield podcast. As always, my name is James Gearing, and this week I bring you something that I truly believe will be life changing for so many of you listening. As you know, I started this podcast seven years ago and have since interviewed over 800 people. Each of those has brought incredible solutions to some of our problems. But when it comes to wellness and recovery specific solutions that I use and shout from the rooftops about, I can count those on one hand and I can tell you hand on heart that this is going to join that list. You will hear Jim Poole lead you through the genesis of New Calm. And the origin involves one of the greatest minds that America has ever seen. Now, for many of you, you wear or wore a uniform for a profession. And everyone else, you are a human being experiencing life in 2023. What they have created, the ability to downregulate the nervous system passively, completely out of our control, where all we have to do is put on a pair of headphones, has truly blown my mind. I myself went through 14 years as a firefighter paramedic, worked as a stuntman, a martial artist, a lifeguard, so a lot of high-stress physical occupations. And on the back end of that, I'll be completely honest, I was physically broken and mentally broken. Now, I have found many, many tools to address some of that trauma, and that is what gave me such a unique perspective. I was already doing a lot, and it was working somewhat. But when I started using Newcom, and it's literally only been a week as I record this, it has been absolutely mind-blowing, the progress and the clarity and the diminishing of my brain fog that I have seen. Now, they have the down-regulation elements, the rescue, the power nap, and the deep sleep. Then they have the up-regulation, where you're working on focus and energy. So, all I ask is that you spend two short hours and listen to this interview, hear Jim tell the story, hear my testimony in parallel, and I hope it leads you to just try this. I promise you this will be one of the most incredibly life-changing things that you have ever done. So with that being said, I introduce to you the CEO of Newcom, Jim Poole. Well, Jim, um, I'm excited about every single person I interview, but for reasons people were here in a little while, I'm extremely excited to talk to you and bring your product to this audience, having tried it myself and been blown away. So first, I want to say thank you to Ken Grigliano for connecting us. And secondly, I want to say welcome to the Behind the Shield podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me. James, you'll be an easy name for me to remember because I'm a James, too, even though I go by Jim or Lord or Master.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I tried that. My wife wouldn't say it. So well, we're going to get to Newcom and obviously um, all the different things that it's doing. Um, however, I'd still love to to paint the picture and start the story at the beginning. So before we do the origin story of the technology that led to Newcom, let's talk about your kind of timeline. So tell me where you were born and tell me a little bit about your family dynamic, what your parents did, how many siblings?
1: I have one identical twin brother who's four minutes my junior, which makes me the alpha male and the elder statesman. Uh, I'm 54 years old and I was born in New Jersey. We stayed in New Jersey for about 25 minutes and started our first 11 years of our life in Connecticut. My parents are both psychotherapists and they divorced when we were two. So I grew up under the auspices of a very powerful, determined, protective mother bear who uh, really socialized us to care for others before ourselves, so it was a really it was a really uh, positive upbringing, uh, a lot of enlightenment as a child you know listen when you when you're raised in a dysfunctional family and along that journey, my mom married a couple more times, so we had step families enter our life from a spaceship, and then when it doesn 't work out, they exit our life from that same spaceship so um along the journey, yeah, i mean I love the the uh love that i received the insights when you're raised by two psychotherapists you don't get in trouble being an identical twin boy we were we were like the devil we didn't get in trouble in the manner that other kids got in trouble spanked scolded grounded we got this you've really disappointed me son
0: (laughs) yo passive aggressive
1: i'd so much rather Have the alternative. Just get it over with and let me just move on. So, um, we spent uh, a decade in New York. And then I spent a lot of my formative years after high school in Massachusetts, uh, 20 years there. On the career side, I followed the path of my parents, um, probably from socialization. And we had, I mean, we just had a lot of fun. Uh, We loved music. My parents were both psychotherapists, but they were meditators. So, you know, we were indoctrinated to the Maharishi and had mantras when we were like ten. I still can't meditate, so I don't. Early early adopters doesn't mean anything for meditation. <laughs> and I followed the footsteps of my parents. I got into counseling and was a mental health counselor and uh, doing psychotherapy for severely mentally ill people in the state mental health institutions of Massachusetts. And then Governor Weld came in and said, "Hey, this this is costing a lot, a lot of tax dollars to." keep these hospitals in order. That was the advent of homelessness. He closed the hospitals and didn't have a catchment for these people to go. So um, we did some really progressive work. I was uh organized and leading a couple homes that actually tried to acclimatize people out of the hospital into affluent areas of Boston. So in doing this, James, the challenge in psychotherapy is it's never black and white. There's never right or wrong. And I used to think When I was a kid and growing up under this great environment of psychotherapy and solving problems that I could change the world. I literally left college with an undergraduate in psychology that I could change the world. Go work with a house full of schizophrenics for a week. You're quickly humbled to realize I may not be able to even take care of myself here and change myself. (laughs) So in that process, I'm in my early 20s and I'm responsible for 10, 20, 30 people's lives. In our society, we don't value people that choose a career path of taking care of others. The fact that you would put a 21, 22 year old in control of people's lives that are being moved out of a state mental health hospital and put into a community home, that's insane to me. Underpaid, undervalued, overworked. It was a a crazy experience it was great. From there in parallel, because it wasn't good enough for me, I enlisted in this program. It's a post-baccalaureate Harvard Medical School uh, sponsorship program. And I applied for an MD PhD in neuropsychopathology. What the hell does that mean? I wanted to get to the black and white of how mental illness starts. How does this all come to be? I got accepted in the program, started it, and said, I don't really want to go to school for eight more years. Life is getting in the way. I'm married. It's time to have kids. So in Boston, we have the opportunity for just a wealth of intellectual capital and intellectual opportunity for school. So I ended up going to Babson for my MBA and then worked in various industries. So one thing I like about a master's in business is it doesn't ground you in any vertical. Business is the same, just like people are the same. The only difference is the variables, the competitive landscape, your value proposition, price sensitivity, marketing, those are the only differences. So it's like a chessboard. So the business thing gave me the opportunity to really get my hands into a lot of different verticals. And I became associated with a lot of Wall Street banks, private equity and venture capital, and built a strategic consulting firm that did the entire value chain of mergers and acquisitions. So say a large bank would call me and say, hey, we have a target. We would do the due diligence. We'd build up the business plan, write the pro forma, the growth strategy, all that good stuff. Then we'd go on the roadshow. We'd visit with the banks. We'd secure the funding. And then post-acquisition, I'd be a part of the leadership. Sometimes I ran the company entirely. Sometimes I was just part of the leadership. So we did that until 2008. In January of 2008, we consummated the largest private equity acquisition in the history of the dental industry. Dentistry has about 100,000 dental practices, about 160,000 dentists, and about 1,400 manufacturers. This is one of the largest ones in California. I ran that company until April of 2009, and things were getting tough. The market was crashing, mergers and acquisitions weren't happening. It was more like triage management and portfolio management and trying to keep your portfolio of companies from going into bankruptcy. And As life would have it, James, as we've all lived and were present and cool things that happen, the neuroscientist, quantum physicist, and miracle worker in the form of Dr. G. Blake Holloway contacted our consulting firm, and with a nice southern drawl, he said, Jim, I've invented a technology that quickly and predictably relaxes the mind and body within minutes with no side effects. That caught my attention. The immediacy of my mind, I thought, well, maybe that sounds like marijuana, right? And I thought, well, I think when you smoke, your eyes get glossed over, you get cotton mouth, your lips stay up, your teeth, you get the munchies, you lose sense of time, you laugh at stupid shit. I was like, okay, those are side effects. What is this? And then he explained it to me. And I said, okay, what is this? (laughs) And that began a journey so profound, so rewarding, so intellectually captivating. When you for the past 14 years, I have spent my last 14 years studying the human brain, the anatomy and physiology of physiology, the human stress response, applied neuropsychobiology, evolutionary psychology, social psychology, quantum physics. It's amazing. But more amazing than that, because that's more what's important to me and and how I, you know, inspire myself to continue to learn. What's more important than that? Having a technology that you can hand to somebody and change their life. Save their life. Liberate them. They don't even know. We're, you know, we'll talk about this. The human being is so capable of normalizing dysfunction. And we can normalize things that aren't healthy. For a lot of reasons, and we'll talk about it. So, I feel like one of the luckiest men in the world. I feel blessed. I'm 54 years old. I probably look like I'm 40. And it's not because I take good care of my skin and go to spas every day. Um, By virtue of the product that we bring to the world, I haven't felt stress in over a decade. I haven't wasted a single mental calorie on anxiety in over a decade. I haven't worried. So when you take all of that out, and I drink a lot of water, that combination, I look like a baby, I have the soul of a 1,000-year-old man, and the temperament of a 10-year-old boy. So it's...
0: (laughs) 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 Well, before we go down the new calm journey, I just want to go back to something you said. So you have this psychiatric facility that basically dumps all the patients out, And now that is adding to homelessness. There is an irony to a lot of the conversations I hear from people that spend certain days of the week in holy buildings that have such disdain towards the homeless and are more than happy to drive them into the next jurisdiction. Through your eyes, talk to me about homelessness and the mental health element of why these men and women are usually ending, you know, living under a bridge or somewhere else.
1: It's a terrible, terrible human problem will have no self-resolution uh, homelessness in the advent of it is primarily derived from the closure of state mental health hospitals that's how it all happened you can look at the etiology of all homelessness in every city and you can locate with great specificity when they started closing mental health facilities and when homelessness started. So in Boston, it was easy for us to see in the Boston Commons and some of the public areas, homelessness starting in the 1990, 91, 92, 93, 94, and proliferating. Um, mental illness is awful, significant mental illness. Schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar, multiple personality disorder, et cetera. Significant challenges, if not medicated, not put in a place of familiarity and security and safety, um, it's a mess. And so when you're left to the primal instinct of mankind and you're mentally ill, so you'd really, you know, let me start with, we don't understand mental illness. We think that if someone that we know is diagnosed with schizophrenia, they're always crazy. No, they're not. Schizophrenia is normal as we are until they're not. So you can have dialogue with any schizophrenic, and then they take a left turn down some multidimensional space that you're like, wait a second. Where did logic stop and craziness start? So there's a lot of elements to the mental ill person that's the same as we are. It's a continual. Mental health and depression and anxiety and fear and stress and schizoaffective disorder, it's a continual. For us to shame them, turn our backs on them, displace them, that doesn't help us. Displacing our problem in one city to another city has no help for anybody. These people are sons and daughters of parents. These people are parents of kids. These people deserve love, not judgment, support, but they need to be in a facility To begin to rehab their mind. If you're on the street, you're in survival mode. If you're on the street, you are full amygdala in primal survival. And if you're on the street, you're self soothing through the only manner known to mankind for centuries, and that's drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol are very skilled at taking you out of psychic pain with a very predictable speed. I can have a bad day and one sip of alcohol. Wow, my problems rolled right down my shoulder. So it's uh, it's tragic. It's sad. I saw recently that California spent billions of dollars addressing the homeless. And any of you who frequent California know it hasn't gotten better. It hasn't plateaued. It has gotten significantly worse. So I think in, in humanity and how our brains think and process information, it's very easy as, for us to judge those who look different, act different, feel different. It's easy for us to look at people with disdain. They're human like we are. And they're cursed with a dysfunction in their brain that's biological. And then it's exacerbated by social distance, social shame. You know, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what do we need? We need food. We need water. We need shelter. We need intimacy. And we need social connection take social connection away and you exacerbate the the common theme of the mental illness. Anyway, the whole thing is, is disturbing to me. I don't, if you said, Hey, a lot of things, when you think of social dynamics, there's an easy fix or it seems to be, there's no easy fix to this, but keeping them on the street and then shaming them or killing them or moving them and displacing them. No. And you know, what's interesting, James, when you travel around the world, you don't see the homelessness that we see in America. So how can one of the most affluent, most advanced cultures in the world have one of the most significant problems?
0: I think it's Japan where they have zero homelessness, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there's a lot of other places that the Scandinavian countries always come up over and over again. But um yeah, I think that, you know, looking at that person who has been through trauma like a lot of us have, but for whatever reason, they weren't able to address it the same way. And, you know, putting that human back into the the addict, the homeless person, the sex worker, you know, whatever it is, it's, none of them dreamed when they were in preschool of becoming this version of themselves. And I don't think, you know, I think apart from anomalies, most people weren't um, genetically predisposition to end up in that way from what i've seen over and over again and please correct me if it was different in in your eyes in the facility but more often than not there were elements of childhood trauma combined with an absence of positive mentors that sent a lot of these people into despair
1: um you bring up some great points number one when you're born into a family of addiction or born into a family of abuse you have reactive attachment disorder humans are amazing we're gifted and we're incredible we're the only ones who can kind of use our brain. Now, we can't fly, and we can't lift things. We can't swim underwater. You know, we're not fish, but our brain is amazing. But think about how weak we are and vulnerable as a species. So a wildebeest gives birth. That baby wildebeest has about seven seconds to get to its feet. Or hello, there's a lioness over there who's looking at your little skinny legs between the herd and is going to take you. But a human stays in the family for 18 years. What? so we have an, an implicit need to attach and we have an implicit need to attach to our mom and our dad whether your mom or dad are good people narcissists drug addicts schizophrenic doesn't matter we're it's ingrained in our but the other thing that's interesting is that most of us genealogically in our history have alcoholism and mental illness in our in our family tree that's just part of it what i could see from evaluating the folks that i worked with and who i loved dearly and they were just plagued. They they just were dealt a bad deck. Each of them had a catalyst of some type of trauma that exacerbated and activated their mental illness. In mental illness, it usually starts to surface uh, post-puberty, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Uh, For females, you'll see anxiety disorders really reach their pinnacle between 16 and 22. So we all kind of have that. Again, it's a continuum. Now, if it's exacerbated by some kind of trauma, mostly it's domestic abuse inside the family unit. And people think it's always the dad to the children. No, a lot of times it's the mom to the children, right? So there's a lot of dynamics that we're not aware of, but that catalyst and then not having the support. So as a child, if you're born into a family of abuse and dysfunction and trauma, as a child, you're not socialized enough to be able to compartmentalize and you develop all these skill sets. That's a lot of the etiology of, of multiple personality disorder. Um, but if we had access to support, it helps us resolve that trauma. But again, some people are gifted to resolve things. Some people are gifted to compartmentalize things. Some people can make it through the same trauma that other people can't. One thing I did realize and was I found fascinating is 1991, 92, 93, A new drug called Resperidol came to the schizophrenic market, and it was very powerful. This power started creating suicidality. Okay, what's going on here? When you have mental illness, one of the ruses that the mental illness creates upon you is that you don't know you have mental illness. Everybody else is wrong. You're right. So this drug came, and it puts you face to face with your reality, and that reality, I, I can't. I can't identify and I can't handle this. So that was an interesting aspect too. But, you know, uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me as a human in this existence today, let's be less critical of ourselves and certainly less judgmental of others. Uh, If you apply an ear and listen more, things just are easier.
0: Absolutely. Well, I want to get to the the, the kind of – origin story of the technology that we're going to talk about and i know it goes back pretty much 40 years so let's start at the very beginning as far as the the neuroscience vibrations and and that um, research that was happening back then
1: sure dr blake holloway was an interesting character he was raised in east coast oil wealth and he was uh probably an alien life form of intellect and you know we all kind of grew up with people that were crazy crazy smart and really had difficulty identifying with socialization and he had Asperger's. So that further kind of distanced him from an ability to kind of play well with others. So his intellect and his path brought him to a space where he was, became a clinician as a neuroscientist, as a quantum physicist, as a naturopath, he had a huge heart for helping people resolve trauma without falling into addiction And even if you did fall into the addiction, let me address the biological aspect of addiction and then help you resolve the trauma. So in 1990, probably the the beginning of the true trial and error invention and discovery path of what he was trying to accomplish. So when you think about um, what am I trying to accomplish? Well, you have to have a target. You have to have a hypothesis or a null hypothesis and you have to be identifying something. His goal was to find an all natural way to downregulate the human stress response. Okay. How am I going to do that? There's mindfulness practices. China invented meditation 3500 years ago. Deep breathing, yoga, tai chi. There are practices that have evolved through generations of humanity designed to help you self-regulate and downregulate. The problem is The traumatic brain doesn't allow you that opportunity. So the traumatic brain, let's start with a little evolutionary psychology. How is our brain wired and why do we do what we do? Well, in our temporal region of our brain lies this almond-shaped piece of our brain called the amygdala. Many of us are aware of the amygdala and many of us are slaves to our amygdala and we don't even know about the amygdala. So the amygdala... And all the neuronal circuitry and wiring of that aspect of our brain is millions of years in evolution. That aspect of the human brain is millions of years of circuitry. It is a perfected system. The amygdala is the Star Trek Enterprise flight deck of your autonomic nervous system. Fight, flight, freeze. Fear, stress, anxiety, depression, and worry. Those sound pretty familiar to most of humans because we live in that every day. So the amygdala in the reptile brain is in the temporal region of our brain, cross-section right here. There's two sides of it, and it's an almond-shaped piece. So you could argue that most humans are governed by an almond. It's true. People call it the reptile brain, primordial midbrain, That part of our brain is millions of years of evolution and is a perfect mousetrap. And unfortunately, the evolution of the human brain hasn't superseded the need for the caveman brain. So most people will tell you today, hey, we're still operating with the caveman part of our brain being dominant to our frontal and prefrontal cortex, and we're still living like we're in high fear. This part of our brain, our forehead, our prefrontal and frontal cortex, this is what separates us from primates. This area of our brain separates us from primates. This is our logic, our executive functioning, our decision-making, our patience, our presence, our emotion, our character, our personality. This is what separates you, James, from an ape, separates me from a donkey. Okay, so this part of our brain, prefrontal frontal cortex, is who we are. This part of our brain is reptile. How the brain operates is resource allocation. Everybody on this call understands resource allocation. You're called to an incident. How many resources can you deploy to that incident? Resource allocation. Every minute of every hour of every day, we're battling a resource allocation in our brain, and the tool is oxygen-rich red blood. The currency of the brain is oxygen-rich red blood. And the element that's pivotal to our healing and our survival is oxygen. So, when we think of the physiology of that, okay, you're right. When I'm stressed or distracted or anxious, I'm shallow of breath. Yeah, you're right. So, when we are in a state of fear or stress, we're not getting the oxygen-rich red blood here. So, in human evolution, there's several nervous systems, but let's focus on the central nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. The central nervous system has one primal goal self-preservation. Keep me alive. Supersedes everything else. I mean, if if I'm not alive, who cares? What does it have at its disposal? It has your five senses, and it has your intuition. Now, of your five senses, your olfactory has a lot of memory areas, but your visual cortex is 80% of your cerebral cortex. We get so much information from our eyes. Now, the central nervous system, and this is fascinating, Primary goal is self preservation. It is constantly evaluating you on a nanosecond basis for familiarity and security. All it cares about is, am I safe? Even in our sleep. That's fascinating to me. Even in our sleep, we're awake. How so? Say you're listening to music and it shuts off. You wake up because your central nervous system says, wait a second, that's not familiar. I love this. There's no such thing as a second, first impression. Now, why would that be? How can I go to a restaurant with my wife, have the most delicious, delicate meal that's just like dissolving on my tongue, making me like almost feel erotic in my mouth. And I'm in love with this meal. I love everything about it. After the meal, I'm still in love with it. The next day, I'm reminiscing about it. And for the next two weeks, it's become the most nostalgic, incredible experience of my life. And then I think, you know what, I'll do something romantic and I'll book a return visit to that same restaurant with my wife and I'll surprise her. But it's never the same. Why? Because that first impression, going somewhere new, activates everything your central nervous system has at its disposal to evaluate every aspect of everything you're doing that's new. You travel somewhere new. You live in the Midwest and you go to New York City for the first time. Holy cow. That first night, man, you are exhausted. It's it's in America. It's got pavement. It's got everything else. Why am I so exhausted? Because your central nervous system is gangbusters. Like, wait a second. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to see. I've never seen buildings like this. So we literally get exhausted by the primordial need for survival and the central nervous system looking at everything. Another aspect I think that social psychology is fascinating to me is we are all creatures of habit. If I said to you, James, you're a creature of habit, people almost feel like that's a judgment. No, it's not. It's really just a euphemism saying you're human. Why are we creatures of habit? Because your central nervous system doesn't want to burn calories learning new things. It would love for you to stay at home for the rest of your life that's it. You know why? Because your central nervous system in your brain is lazy, doesn't want to burn calories ever. That's fascinating to me. So we're all creatures of habit because I'm always looking at how come humans have evolved so slowly? How come it takes us so many generations to make an incremental improvement? It seems rather pedestrian to me because we're so smart, but are we as smart as we think we are? No. We're a victim of the wiring of our neuronal circuitry. If the primordial reptile part of our brain is millions of years evolved, and this is only a couple million years evolved, we're battling a, a 36 million year head start of a reptile over who we are. So let's get back to the trauma. And this is where it gets alarming and sad and really quite demonstrably scary for humanity. When we are traumatized, And every human on earth, 8 billion people today, it's a continuum. Everybody's been traumatized. It's the magnitude of the trauma, the frequency of the trauma, and your ability to heal from the trauma. But when you are traumatized, something really nefarious happens. Your central nervous system, which primary job is self-preservation and survival, loses faith and trust in the universe. Loses any sense of familiarity and security. Furthermore, it loses faith and trust in you to protect you from the universe. That is the key to all the bad things that happen. Because for the rest of that person's existence, they will be in a state of hypervigilance, hyper alert, hyper-fearful, hyper-agitated. They will never get the rest they deserve. They will get stuck in the cognitive pathways. They will be in their sleep pattern, not sleeping well, because the memory cycle will keep perseverating over the trauma. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the toughest profile of all seven diagnosable anxiety disorders. There are seven disorders in the DSM-5, and of the seven, the hardest one to live with is trauma. And it breaks my heart because they become their own worst enemy, and it's not because they want to. Their brain has changed and their pathways of oxygen-rich red blood flow and new neuronal coherence doesn't exist. If you look at a PET scan of a traumatized brain, you'll be alarmed to see a significant reduction in blood flow to the prefrontal and frontal cortex. Well, that's my character, my personality, my logic, my executive functioning, my ability to take decisions, emotional stability. So now you're telling me I have less blood flow there. The highways is closed down. Furthermore, there's blood flow that's restricted to the hippocampus, which is my memory center, which means that I will be living for the rest of my life plagued by the trauma and reliving that, not just in my brain. We all have memories, but the brain elicits that amygdala that activates the body's mobilization and puts me in that state of hypervigilance all the time. We all know, listen, in police work, firework, and EMTs, you see this every single day. You see trauma. Trauma is easily identifiable. You can see it from perspiration. You can see it from distraction. You can see it by looking in the eyes of someone traumatized. You're looking at a shark. There is nothing there because they're cognitively dissociated because their body has mobilized to protect itself from a threat, whether the threat is real or perceived. Phobias are the manifestation of the amygdala taking control of your brain from a thought. The human brain doesn't have a filter that says, hey, James, that shit's not real. That's just in your head. The brain doesn't have a filter, doesn't have a gateway to say, hey, real, hey, you're really in danger. Someone has a gun on the other side of the street, and they're going to come across the street and rob you versus, hey, I'm scared of spiders. And I think there might be one, you know, underneath that box. The brain doesn't have a filter. So guess what happens? All the blood flow leaves your frontal cortex, activates the amygdala, goes to the HPA axis. All your blood flow goes to your visceral organs. You mobilize to protect yourself, and you're ready to fight. But that cognitive dissociation you guys see every day. So PTSD is the fundamental, most difficult aspect of the human condition and the most difficult to live with. Blake Holloway spent his life finding a way to Take care of these people without drugs, because today's conventional therapy dictates that if I present myself with trauma, I'm given a narcotic-based pharmaceutical. That doesn't do shit for me, but mask the symptom. Doesn't help me. What it does is it masks the symptom, and then, because the brain is so incredible, any action will get a reaction and side effects will start building upon itself. So, you haven't helped me. Putting a band-aid on my brain and then asking me to sit down in a room with a therapist and talk about therapy is literally, as Blake would tell you, a recipe for suicide. I'm condemning every patient that sits across from me using conventional therapy to suicide, not because they're a coward. They just get tired of living like this. They get tired of living in fear and shame and vulnerable and scared. They just want to feel normal again, and they never will in that path. That, ladies and gentlemen, took Blake 19 years. Blake is the smartest human being I have ever met. I came out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. I came out of a really erudite area of high intellectual horsepower. Our company has 52 medical advisors. Some of the best of the best, the leading statistical biophysicists from Harvard Medical School, mathematicians from NASA, collectively take 52 of our medical advisors, put them in a room. Blake is smarter than the entire group of them by himself, and it took him 19 years to figure out how do I downregulate the human brain and shut down your stress response safely and reliably. It's amazing.
0: So I want to put something in before we talk about, you know, how he did this. Um, One thing that has become very clear because I've heard so many testimonies basically of near suicide and a couple that actually went through with the attempt, but thank God survived, is you have this wanting to suffer, you know, the, the suffering to end, like you said, but there also is a very, very powerful, you know, reoccurring theme of a sense of being a burden. And so, when the healthy mind is on the outside looking in and go, "Oh, what a what a coward! How could they do that? This is so selfish," you know. When they think about their family, you hear these people that were in crisis, and their brain has distorted. And, and I must want, want to get your opinion on on how to where their reality now is. I am such a burden, but I'm also from a profession where I said I would die for a complete stranger if it came to it. I'm such a burden to my family. They truly would be better off without me. I'm terrified of suicide, but I'm going to do it for them. That is the, the other kind of, the end of suffering, but also that burden element that never is really discussed in the kind of anti-suicide conversations. From a physiology point of view, You know what would be the the reasoning behind what how physiologically what is miswiring through sleep deprivation trauma organizational stress all these compounding elements that get people to crisis
1: so let's go back to the resource allocation and where the oxygen-rich red blood cells define and stay in your brain area so there's two battles the amygdala of the midbrain versus the frontal cortex of this brain on the traumatized side Again, you have a diminished amount of blood flow to the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus. So I'm kind of stuck in a memory pattern. We've all been stuck, trauma or not, we've all been kind of stuck in patterns and rituals, and they may be negative, but because the brain is such a creature of habit, we normalize negativity. You can normalize anything. That person starts to build a narrative because all they do is live every minute of every hour in a state of depression anxiety, anticipatory anxiety. It becomes very isolating. We've, listen, humans, we've all been through the same thing. And, and we don't seem to understand this because we're not given the education of how our brain works. Every human stress response is identical to every human's stress response. It's amazing that we feel alone, isn't it? Oh, I feel alone and my problems are unique to me. Well, that's insane. Even thinking that's insane. There's 8 billion people today on earth and there's probably 8 billion people that have passed so there's 16 billion people and you're telling me that you're unique that's not true the human stress response central nervous system five senses intuition activates the amygdala says hey we're in danger the amygdala fires to what's called the hpa axis accesses the adrenaline catecholamines cortisol blood flow to the visceral organs vision increases, olfactory increases, I'm prepared for battle. Okay, that's identical to every human on earth. They live in that, and they start building a narrative that builds upon itself. We've all been here. Every single human on earth has gone to a place of isolated, uh, feeling low sense of self-worth, feeling burdensome. Now, one of the challenges In the world of helping others, helping others doesn't come with helping myself. So some of the sociological evolution of the caretaker is dangerous because we're trying to tell them, hey, listen, there's a reason that you have to take care of yourself because you can't be there for the ones that love you and need you the most. But we don't think like that because we're caretakers. And there's a whole psychological profile of that type of person. So if I'm living from everyday post-trauma, I'm building a narrative, and I'm stuck, and the narrative is building upon itself. It's not one cut. You're not cutting me with an ax. You're cutting me with a thousand cuts, and it layers upon itself. Now, there's a couple more elements here for us to think about, but let me walk you through the degradation of the body and the mind and the spirit when we don't take care of ourselves, and how we may get from a traumatized brain of discomfort to taking our life. It's cumulative. That's all it is. Every day, we need to sleep. It'd be nice if we knew a little bit more about sleep. Sleep's very complex. The science of sleep is 40 years old. Did you know that? The science of sleep is like 40 years old. It's like, What were we thinking in science the last century? Wouldn't you think that sleep, maybe we want to investigate it? So we don't know a ton about sleep. But what we do know about sleep is in the sleep architecture, there are certain areas that are called the healing zone. And when we're in the healing zone, our cells are doing two important things. One, they're cleaning their toxins, cellular maintenance. Can you imagine if you went to high school and there was no maintenance crew? What it would look like by the end of the year? Okay, it wouldn't look good and it wouldn't smell good. The second thing is your mitochondria. Mitochondria, for those of you who remember high school biology, is the energy source of your cells. So, in sleep, why sleep is so important is those two elements occur. Now, we get the rest and we get the relaxation, and the brain gets the rest and the body gets the rest and we get to heal and hormonally get regulated. But the key really is the healing zone of cells cleaning their toxins and the mitochondria being restored. Over time, From puberty on, we're not getting the sleep we need. We're living in a world today that's just, it's insane. We're in a rush, and a race. Literally, if you take a step and you think, you look and you say, hey, the human race is in a race to erase the human race. Think about it. Of course we are. You can see it everywhere, every aspect of our life. From our food supply not being food, to 5G and environmental toxins, to the media fear mongering, to, it's insane. We're in this race. We need to stop and slow down, breathe. We need to sleep. Years ago, you're, I don't know how old you are, but you know, about 10, 15 years ago, it
0: was like a badge of honor
1: to not sleep. I remember I'd be in rooms, yeah, I sleep three hours a night. And I think to myself, that doesn't sound good. (laughs)
0: For <laughs> well, this audience, they don't get a choice, and this is what we're going to get into as well you know you got police fire e m s the 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 e r folk and everyone else in the hospital you know they they've signed up because, as you said they're the caregivers, but we give them you know usually organizationally the worst care as well so we are again you know literally killing our first responders by not allowing them rest and recovery between shifts
1: okay, so let me reinforce this why is sleep so important? Simple math, if I were to live to be 100 years old, I should sleep for 33 years. So intuitively, we understand that. When we get a good night's sleep, we feel better. We understand that. When we don't get a good night's sleep, we struggle. We fake it till we make it. We understand that. But on the physiological side, according to the research and the literature, over 95% of every disease known to mankind is created by stress. How is that so? Because stress negatively impacts sleep your sleep architecture, the onset of sleep, and the ability to get back to sleep when you wake up. So every night, we're supposed to sleep. Every night, your cells do their maintenance, your toxins are cleaned out, and your mitochondrial energy source is restored. Human biology is communication of one cell to another. Each cell has a job, a function, a role, just like the team in a firehouse. Each cell has a job. I'll use cancer as an example. Everybody on earth today has cancer in their body. I have cancer in my body. You have cancer in your body. But we also have something called a killer cell. That sounds cool. Well, the killer cell has a defined job. Go locate any cancerous cells that are proliferating, beginning to have a party. Introduce yourself and kill them. Okay. Fine. Easily understood my 10s, my 20s, my 20s to my 30s, I stopped sleeping well. My 30s to my 40s, I've got kids, I'm sleeping less. My 40s to my 50s, I'm sleeping even less. I'm developing really bad habits, I'm normalizing stuff, I'm I'm living off of, of caffeine, monster energy drinks, etc., eating preservative foods, whatever. I'm literally killing myself and I can't feel it because it's a thousand cuts. In my 50s, because I haven't gotten enough rest over time, my killer cell forgets its function. I haven't cleaned its maintenance. It's filled with toxins. So the killer cell goes out, locates the cancer cells, says, oh wow, is this a party? I've never been to this party. Introduces itself and it joins the party. That ladies and gentlemen is the human physiology of rest, recovery, and the need for sleep. We only need sleep if we wanna live. We only need sleep if we wanna be resilient. We only need sleep if we wanna repair, heal, lower inflammation and improve our immune strength. We only need sleep if we wanna live a good life, okay? So with the traumatized brain, lack of blood flow to this part. I don't have access to my personality. I don't have access to a point of reference. If I get a good night's sleep, and people say, sleep on it. It's amazing. The little stupid shit I was worried about yesterday doesn't seem so big. That brain doesn't have access to that. Some of the areas of, its, of the character of that person are no longer available to them. So over time, not being able to have access to sleep because of the trauma impacting their sleep quality, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And My neuronal coherence in that part of my brain is getting less and less and less. Until finally I get back to the corner and I said, I'm just looking for excuses to get out. That's what happens when they're getting to the end of the road. Do they really feel they're burdensome? It's all of a shame cycle. But if you took a step out and you'd say, wait a second, if my friend was in that space, I would do anything to help them. And I'd be really upset if they didn't talk to me. That's because we're in a place where we're patient and present. So the cumulative negative consequence of not managing stress, constantly being in a state of hyper alertness and vigilance and not sleeping, puts us to that precipice where we finally decide to take our own life. And we justify it in our own negative narrative because we don't have access to a lot lot of our brain because of the trauma. It's absolutely devastating for people to take their life because they're broken and one of the crazy things about being human is as smart as we are we are so grossly incapable of understanding intangible if i can't see it touch it smell it taste it is it real what do you mean you have a broken brain what 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 are you talking about You went somewhere, you went and took care of a fire. You saw something that your brain couldn't process. What do you mean? You're different. What do you mean? Right? What do you mean? I mean, I wake up, I look in the mirror. I'm no different. Well, what's going on here? You literally would need a PET scan. Be like, okay, wait a second. That's what's going on. So it's really harmful for us to not have access to that ability to understand the intangible and then to isolate ourselves and further not take care of ourselves, and then not seek help. It's, it's not right. And it, it's so, so traumatizing for everybody, right? We all know if you went away to war and came back and you're different, who's judging you? Who would judge that? They'd be like, wait a second, you went and protected us. Whatever you saw, I'm pretty sure your brain is not able to process. You're not supposed to see your friend's head get taken off his shoulders, right? You're not supposed to see a child be blown up. You can't process that. I'm not judging you. I want to help you. Families don't say, hey, you're weird and you came back broken. They just want dad back, but they're there to help. And the sick part about it is we feel so isolated and so like we don't want to be burdened to some, someone, that burden is exponentially greater when we don't seek help and open up our mouth and use our words. Like when you're raising a kid, use your words. Same thing for an adult. Use your words. Words will help express the struggle you're having, and then we'll find a path to help you.
0: Well, I mean, thank you. It's it's a totally different explanation than I've had. And I've had people from all different disciplines. And, you know, each one is adding a layer to this conversation. But the way that you've just put it with the physiology, especially, it just underlines, you know, the the foundational elements of health and how important it is. Now, you and I spoke, uh, I think it was a week ago. No, please jump in. Jump in.
1: I want everybody to know this. You can't override 40 million years of neuronal circuitry. You'd better have the humility to understand that amygdala and that reptile brain is designed for self-preservation to keep you alive. Is it overused? Does it have too much power in today's human evolution? Yes, it does. But you can't override it. So have the humility to understand that. Then it'll hopefully give you the courage to ask for help. Because you can't see the damage in your brain. You can't see the lack of new cognition and new thought patterns that are no longer existing in your brain because of blood flow restriction from trauma. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway to me as I look at human evolution across the world. And I try to help people from all walks of life, from sex traffic victims, to police fire coming out of traumatic situations, to veterans, doesn't matter. Understand that the brain is built in a perfect mousetrap. Another good example, COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. March of 2020. Literally, New York City shuts down. They didn't fucking know. They're like, we'll be open in nine days. What? (laughs) We'll be open in 12 days. We didn't know. Think about your life in December of 2019. Think about your life in December of 2020. COVID changed the entire landscape of the human population. I think, if you want to talk conspiracy, I think the animal kingdom did it so that we would go hibernate and make it go back <laughs> to the environment. But think about how much change occurred in your life. And how much adaptation you had to do, because everything that you thought was normal, everything that you thought was familiar and secure, was no longer familiar and secure. Think about how fatigued we were as a human race over the last two years of literally taking the ground underneath us and and taking it away. Everything that I thought I could count on, I no longer could. That means I had to burn mental calories, figuring out common daily stuff. Toilet paper, what? Food, what? Hand sanitizer, masks. What is going on here? So think with great humility, how much effort and change that you did in your brain in two years. Now, multiply that by 40 million. You think maybe the amygdala and the reptile brain has its shit together. It is a perfectly architected system designed to keep you alive. So when you are struggling, understand this. You're not going to win. You can't override this. You need to find help and support. And when you do that, things can happen. Whether it's nutrition, sleep, sleep aids, music, meditation, friendships, outings, nature. There's a whole mess of things for us to do. But if you think you can just internalize this and beat it in isolation, please wake up to the facts. If you like facts and left brain analysis, the fact is you can't beat it by yourself and you certainly can't beat it by keeping your mouth shut and living in isolation because all of that pain is not worth it and it doesn't win.
0: And I think this is underlying as well. We forget that we're a tribal species too. And there's so much ceremony that kept us alive. that kept stories being told that, you know, allowed us to grow and, and innovate. And we, as you said, we're part of this tribe in a fire station or, you know, I talk about this in, in the book I wrote. You can You can literally sit in an apartment in New York surrounded by millions of people and have this like completely debilitating feeling of being alone. Because we're supposed to be connected with all these people, which is the irony of modern society. And we, you know, we beat our chests about how we're so advanced. But up until recently, we didn't need counselors. We didn't need new calm. You know, the way that we were evolving at the rate that we were supposed to, you know, I would imagine that, you know, people were healthy until they passed away. And, you know, that a lot of trauma was passed on through, you know, telling stories when you came back from war and, and you know, the dance and the song and everything else and we just shut that all down and like you said whether it's our food or entertainment whatever it is everything became engineered rather than organic
1: no you've written that's a great point um today's world is different from three generations ago the family dynamic the family unit and the nuclear and extended family is different there's not a lot of extended family in america anymore um the food supply hasn't been food in over 50 years The food companies, and it all comes back to money. You know, if you want to look at the etiology and the demand and how things happen, just follow the money. What does that mean? Food companies want to sell you product. Well, years ago, they hired neuroscientists. Now, why would a food company hire a neuroscientist? Create neurotoxins and excitatory neurotransmitters, mostly with glutamates, to create an addictive taste to my food. We live in a world of preservatives. You go anywhere else in the world... I feel so good when I'm in Africa. What? I feel good when I'm in Africa. Now, I always lose weight in Africa because they don't eat as much as we do, right? And the saying in Kenya is, Kenyans eat to survive. Americans eat for sport. Okay. But what we eat is not food. Just a sidebar. If I eat preservatives all day long and I eat neurotoxins and excitatory neurotransmitters, it creates addictive behavior for me. And as I eat preservatives all day long, it lines my stomach. It blocks my stomach from doing what it normally can do, which is extract nutrients from natural foods, colored foods that come out of the earth. Then if I continue down this path, I start to bring on too much candida, H. pylori. My stomach becomes this amalgamation of really bad things like yeast, right? In addition, if I'm stressed all the time, my stomach always has cortisol in it acid. That's not good. Do you think, James, that 50 years ago, there was this proliferation of Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis? Our species is suffering so bad, and we're in constant state of survival mode, constant state of vigilance, constant state of go, 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 go. We're changing our biochemistry. Every person on earth, in america 338 million americans i would venture to say 98 percent of them have leaky gut today what the hell is leaky gut it's a proliferation your stomach lining into your small intestine and whatever proliferates say it's avocado why do you think at 30 years old you developed an allergy to avocado what how the hell did that happen leaky gut is the avocado you ate that perforated to the small intestine small intestine wait a second what is that that's an enemy Go attack that with your immune system. We all have leaky gut. When we eat, we bloat. Well, when I'm in Africa, I was just in Africa doing a keynote lecture tour to Kenyans, police, hospitals, universities, and day schools. And I was there for 14 days and I felt amazing because I'm eating food. So part of it is lack of family support and that interactivity that we need as humans. The other part is our food supply is literally pushing us towards metabolic acidosis. We're all sick. We all have inflammation. We all have all these things we shouldn't have. It's, it's not good. So that's one part. Another part, and we don't know. I can't go back 100 years and interview people. I suspect that their stress was stress, same as ours. Amygdala, HPA axis, same response. Their stressors may have been less, but they didn't have all these things coming at them. Fear-mongering by the news. Wow, I can elicit a nano-response fear by just showing you this over and over and over, right? I go to Paris. I was in Paris a couple weeks ago. People were like, are you okay there? I'm like, yeah, why? Well, I saw the news. They're rioting. Yeah, maybe on one block. Have you been to Paris? So the media, technology, food, Toxins, lack of family, drugs, alcohol. Yeah, we're up against it right now, James. Somebody has it out for the human race.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Your French your French comment, I had that so many times. And the other way around, too. Like, oh, God, we, we heard you were all murdered by a hurricane. Like, it's raining outside. It's August in Florida. It happens every fucking day. What about the heat wave? It's always hot here, you know, and then vice it's, versa. So, it's yeah.
1: Weather, it's weather. weathermageddon. Oh, absolutely! I live on the East Coast, and like a snowstorm's coming. I'm like, listen, I grew up in upstate New York through high school. It snowed 56 days in a row. Snowmageddon? What? I mean, (laughs) come on, come on, help me out here. Let's let's stop pole vaulting over mouse turds and let's be honest with what's really happening in the world.
0: I like that expression. (laughs) All right, well, let's get to vibrations and frequency. So you, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a, a. some information on this prior, but let's educate everyone listening and reinforce my own understanding of the different um, states of the nervous system and how that actually has a frequency.
1: Cool. All right. So um, I've seen that you have a lot of episodes of this podcast. So congratulations on literally helping educate your brothers and sisters who have chosen a life of service. Thank right? you. Goes to be a firefighter or a police officer or an EMT. You didn't know the sacrifices beholden to you. You had no idea. You may not have chosen it if you did. Right. So it just to me is I have great appreciation for you bringing uh, people on to help, help those who help us. So I just want to take a second break just because we're going to get into some deep neuroscience and we've already been talking about some existential philosophy and some evolutionary psychology. I don't want people to be uh, hanging themselves or falling asleep. So take a quick break. Um, I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm a Celtic fan. I'm a cowboy fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, love sports, don't get to watch sports that much anymore. Uh, at one point in the last couple of months, all my sports teams were cresting. It was like, great. Cowboys, they're not going to be good until Jerry Jones is no longer owner. So I've kind of put them on the shelf. But Arsenal was in first place in the Premier League, hadn't done anything in a decade or two decades. The Celtics were just crushing it and the Bruins were having the best season in history of hockey. Well, as life would have it, none of them succeeded <laughs> when they came to it. Anyway, all right, there's your little interlude break. (laughs) I got my popcorn and my coke. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's talk brain waves. Brain waves are fascinating and they're not complicated. You know, when you talk about math and physics, I like the fact that it's black and white. There's a lot of black and white to this. So the human brain oscillates a frequency, vibration, a resonance. If you saw a sound wave, you're like, hey, FM radio, or you see a frequency, or you see an EKG, okay, that's what it looks like, fine. The human brain oscillates in a frequency range of 41 hertz, 41 hertz. And in that range, there are five categories. There's delta, which many of us understand as sleep. Delta is a certain frequency. It's the slowest frequency, and it's a long, longitudinal big wave. 0.5 hertz to 4 hertz is delta. When you are in Delta, when your brain, your brain or my brain, is oscillating at one hertz, it's not up for debate. I know exactly what you're doing. You are in dreamless-like deep sleep. Delta is interesting. For all of us who have kids, when, you're, when you first fall asleep, we fall into Delta first. And the first sleep cycle is about 100 minutes. So that's why when your kid falls asleep on the couch, you're like, wait a second. My daughter only weighs 78 pounds. Why does she feel like she's 236 pounds? It's crazy, isn't it? That's gravity. That's 78 pounds multiplied by 9.2 meters per second squared, the force of gravity, because that kid ain't waking up. Why? Because they're in delta. Their brainwave is the slowest waveform, and they are in dreamless-like sleep. When you go a little faster, 4 hertz to 7 hertz is called theta, T-H-E-T-A. Theta is the healing zone. The healing zone. That sounds like that might be important. Yeah, it is. That's really the coup de grace and the health of your sleep. Theta, 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 four Hertz to seven Hertz. It's hard to articulate theta, but I will give it my best shot. It's a lucid dream state where your body feels immobilized. So it's a separation of your mind, which is wandering through this lucid dream state. You're kind of on the doorstep of deep sleep, but your body's separated. It's like almost being in a coma. That's, that part of sleep. Alpha is 8 hertz to 12 hertz. Many of us understand or hear about alpha. It's commensurate with relaxation, creativity, falling into sleep, and also being in the zone and transcendental meditation. So transcendental meditators, if you're good at it and you kind of get to that place of silence in your brain, that's deep alpha. Then we have beta, B-T-A, B-E-T-A. Beta is the longest range, the broadest range, and has the most complexity, and that's where we spend our daylight hours, or if we're working night shifts, it's our night shift hours. Beta, 12 hertz to 15 hertz, is low level. You're awake, you're alive, you're walking, but you're not really functioning at the level you want, you're a little cloudy in your brain, and you're feeling slow. 15 to 20 hertz is the learning zone, which is fascinating because I suspect that most people have never even heard of the learning zone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there's a frequency associated with learning. And it'd be nice if someone had taught us this so we didn't waste years of our life trying to learn stuff when we're not in a state to learn. How often have we read and reread and reread the same thing? Well, if your brain is oscillating at a frequency above the learning zone, you're not encoding it. That's life. Above the learning zone is where most humans play every day. Fear, stress, anxiety, worry, anticipatory anxiety, overwhelmed, expectations, insecurity, confusion, isolation. That's 20 hertz to 25 hertz of faster frequency. 25 to 30 is a higher level of fear and stress and anxiety We all know what that feels like. We all know when we're hyper agitated, hyper like just on guard, ready to snap. It's a brainwave frequency. It's going too fast. 30 to 38 is where a lot of the people who play in the realm of helping people survive trauma, accidents, chaos, calamities, fires. 30 to 38 is pure fight, flight, or freeze. A full cognitive dissociation there's literally no oxygen-rich red blood in your frontal cortex anymore. Your forehead is devoid, and everything is in pure survival. You lose sense of time. You know, it's survival. We've all been in survival mode. We've all, I suspect, 8.2 billion people have had a near-death experience. We know exactly what happens, right? And we also have a lot of aphasia. We don't remember some of the stuff that happened because there's no, there's no cognition here. And then, because the brain is filled with nuances and amazement, is gamma, So wait a second, you're telling me there's a range above the highest level of stressed out of my marbles? Yeah, there is. Gamma is 39 to 41 hertz. It's the fastest frequency range. It's the shortest frequency range, right? It is commensurate with the PET scans of monks in higher consciousness, and it is also high intensity mistake-free focus. Your mind is absolutely clearly focused on what you need to do. There is no distraction. There's no clutter. There's no fear, stress, anxiety, depression, worry, insecurity, expectation, self-doubt, nothing. You are literally completely honed in and you have full access to your muscle memory and your training. You also have elicited dopamine, activated your gross motor cortex, your sensory motor rhythm, your olfactory, your peripheral vision. Anybody who's going into an intense environment, police, fire, You want to be in that zone. You want to be at 40 Hertz because you are not making a mistake ever. It's just hard to get there, period. One thing I like about this is that in human life and in psychology and interpersonal relationships, nothing's black and white. Everything's gray. A woman says something to me and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I've got three girls. I've lived for 21 years with three girls And I am so overwhelmed and humbled by the complexity of the female mind and how amazing they are and how simple men are. I'm so thankful to be a man. (laughs) We don't don't worry. We don't do any of the things that ladies do. But in interpersonal relationships, if a woman says something to you, you're not sure, is this a trap? How am I supposed to answer this? (laughs) In life, right? We've all been conned. We've all been taken time, money, energy, effort, things by people that were manipulative. It's not black and white. But in science and in physics and in brainwaves, it is purely black and white. So let me go through this again. When your brainwave is oscillating in delta, it's not up for debate. You're in dreamless like deep sleep. When you are in theta, you are in a lucid dream state where your body is completely immobilized and you are in the healing zone. Your cells are cleaning their toxins. Your mitochondria is being restored. You're going to wake up feeling amazing. In alpha, you're creative, you're relaxed, you're in the zone, and it might be commensurate with, you know, low levels of meditation. In beta, 12 to 15 hertz, it's low functioning. 15 to 20 is learning. 20 to 25, stress. 25 to 30 is high stress. 30 to 38 is pure cognitive dissociation. Fight, flight, or freeze. 39 to 41 is high performance mistake-free focus. That is the landscape of humanity. Now, personally, James, I would have appreciated if someone had told me that. I would like to know that this is all a manner of, when I'm having a bad day, if I'm feeling agitated, over-caffeinated, whatever, that all I need to do is find a way to downregulate my frequency, just slow down. That's all I need to do. Challenge is, if you say, hey, you're stressed out, what's my response? F you, I'm not stressed out, right? When have you ever said, wow, you're cranky today. When has that ever res- ended in a response that was positive? Never. <laughs> it's like telling your wife, just calm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so what Blake Holloway figured out was I can use very advanced mathematics, algorithms, and physics, resonance, and vibration frequencies to help a human Downregulate your frequency to theta to take care of you. Okay. Theoretically, that sounds brilliant. How would you do that? The brain is amazing and it's self contained. The human brain and the body is a self contained closed loop ecosystem. It wants nothing to do with any external intervention. Don't do anything to me because whatever you do, I'm going to compensate. And when you do something to compensate for my compensation, I'm compensating again. So Blake figured out, if I used your ears to carry a signal to your brain, if the signal is complicated enough, dynamic enough, in perpetual motion, I can do this without you having to do anything. I can allow you to take care of you with you doing nothing but giving me time. And I can do no harm, because all I'm doing is playing in the sandbox of the 41 hertz frequency range of human brainwave function. So in 2009, after 19 years of scientific discovery, trial and error, moving to Russia, Blake Holloway was a neuroscientist, quantum physicist, naturopath with Asperger's, who was so committed to figuring this out... He moved to St. Petersburg, Russia before perestroika, when I'm pretty sure it wasn't safe for Americans to live there, to study stimulation. Huh? That's how determined he was. In 2009, I was introduced to the company, and we launched a $6,000 FDA Class III medical device, the highest regulated medical device in the world. Same as a heart stent. We did this because it's brain science. And what we did was we put very advanced neuroacoustic software into a music platform. Music, ladies and gentlemen, cannot change your mental state. It cannot take my brainwave frequency from a stressed out 25 hertz and put me at four hertz into a healing zone. It's not capable of doing it. It's a physiological impossibility. So anybody that tells you, hey, listen to this, it's going to take you here. It's full of shit. They either don't understand the complexity of the brain or they're just lying to you because it doesn't work that way. The brain is far too complicated. The brain has too many mechanisms that can understand patterns, recognize a pattern and find shortcuts. So in this music, we're using it as a carrier. We want you to have a nice experience. If you just listen to the physics, you would hear this. and I'm pretty sure... You wouldn't find that relaxing.
0: Like an MRI.
1: Yes. So the physics is doing all the work. We are using your ears as a carrier to present your brain with a pattern. And what we launched in 2009 was called Rescue. Rescue is designed to take your brainwave function from wherever it is, 38 hertz, 40 hertz, 28 hertz. It doesn't matter. And in eight minutes... We gently, safely, and predictably take you to four hertz. We say, guess what, Billy Bob? You're going on a healing journey. You don't have to do anything. You just have to find a safe place, lie down, put an eye mask on, put a headphone on, and press play. We'll do all the work for you. Because we know that the more time you spend in theta, the more your body heals on a restorative cellular level, The more oxygen penetrates the frontal cortex the more patient and present and happy and healthy you become we can help you even if you have no idea what we're doing or if you even think you need help but rest assured ladies and gentlemen eight billion people i have traveled the earth for 14 years I've done over 250 medical lectures to the medical community, neuroscientists, cardiovascular surgeons, oncologists, on applied neuropsychobiology. I have traveled to addictive disease, cancer, Kenya, Russia, India, China, Vietnam. Nobody that I've met in 14 years is effectively managing stress. Not a single soul. Nine years ago, We started working with monks. Why the hell would we work with monks? Well, I didn't invent NuCalm. So I have no ego attachment to it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, uh, who can't we help? It's obvious we can help someone with trauma. It's obvious we can help someone with cancer. Who can't we help? That's why it inspired me to go work with monks. So I flew out to Los Angeles. Talked to them about it. They were kind. Ten Monks, 10 systems. Two weeks later, I fly back out, fully expecting them to say thanks, but no thanks. So what do you guys think a new calm? Their response was, we love it. And I was <laughs> like, what? You're monks. And they're like, yeah, but we're also human. We may have meditated for 100,000 hours in our life of service, but every time we go to meditate, Jim, We have to follow a checklist. We have to go through all these steps in our mind to get to that place of silence. And what we like about your technology, which we'd never even thought an external technology could do this, is that you bring us to silence with ease. You prepare us for the deepest levels of meditation and you're giving us access to like this advanced world of us becoming even better at what we do. So I left that meeting and I called my executive team and I said, guys. We're effing relaxing monks. This is getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point of me sharing this with you is for 13 and 14 years, we have worked with cancer patients, people with multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, ALS, addiction, trauma, police, fire, active military, special forces, Navy SEALs, Air Force Special Operations Command, BORTAC, BORSTAR, the FBI, SWAT, the FBI hostage rescue team, pilots, doctors, students, business people, we are all in this together. Stress never takes a holiday. If you look at your calendar right now, James, it doesn't say August 13th to the 21st, stress is taking a vacation. It doesn't. Now, we have our own internal stress, our own expectation, our own ambition, our own ideas of what we want to be in our world but we have to face the battle of everybody else's stress. So something like this is so powerful, and profound, because it just allows me at the touch of a button. I am so grossly incapable of taking care of my stress response. I love stress, man. I love fucking go, go, go. And when I can't go anymore, have some coffee and keep going, right? Before this world of new calm, I was not, I'm not proud of the person I was. I was hyper, hyper ambitious, hyper critical of myself and others, had no patience. And I just, just followed a a path of just we're winning at all costs. That's not healthy. The only person winning is anybody who's not working with me, right? That's not who I want to be. I was never going to take time to go learn to meditate. I already shared with you, I was a terrible meditator. I was introduced to the Maharishi and all that good stuff and meditation and mantras when I was 10. And then I did martial arts for 20 years and you meditate every day. And I was terrible at it. I'm never doing it. I have a full shame cycle. I don't even know what I'm supposed to feel, but I'm pretty sure it's not a panic attack. I give up. I'm not going to do yoga. I'm six feet, 220 pounds. I love to fight. You're not going to see me in yoga pants. I'm not going to do Tai Chi. I've got a black belt in Goju ryu and Taekwondo. If I can't kick you in the face, I'm not interested. So for me personally, this was a really limiting factor to my ability to take care of myself. This technology gives me the answer with ease and predictability. What Blake did was on a path to help trauma. That was his genesis. That was his focus. That was his passion. What we learned along the way in the last 14 years is once we built the software to downregulate and slow your brainwave down to four hertz. We came to the realization, wait a second, if we can do that, we can certainly take you to delta. If we can do that, we can certainly take you to the learning zone. If we can do that, we can certainly take you to gamma. 32 years since the inception of this enterprise, we fully mapped the entirety of human brainwave function all 41 hertz, and we launched six channels on a mobile device that allows you as a human to have a remote control for your brain on demand with no drugs. You simply select what you want, and physics and math underneath music do the work for you. We, James, two years ago successfully took a class three FDA medical device that was only for military, police, fire. PTSD, pilots, doctors, celebrities, and professional athletes. We didn't serve anybody else. We didn't serve the common person. We took 33 years of patented clinically proven neuroscience out of a simple quest to make sure that we got to the masses and we put it into a mobile device because we learned it doesn't matter how smart we are. James doesn't care how smart I am. How can I help him? How can I help him help his wife? How can I help him help his children? How do you help me? Well, you don't do it by a 6,000 device that has four components, and it looks like you go to the space station just to get to a state of relaxation. So it was our job, thankless as it is, to find a way to make this easy. And now it is so but easy. Do you have a mobile device? Yes, I do, sir. Do you have access to a headphone? Yes, I do, sir. Well, we have access to the future of taking care of you without drugs. Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to slide my testimony in then because I think it's important. You know, we've heard an amazing you know, through line to where you're at now. So Ken Crigliano, Air Force Ken, came on the show. If anyone hasn't listened to that episode, they need to. But Cliff Notes... One of the AI boffins for the air force, one of the the high achievers when it comes to athleticism. I think he does especially the obstacle racing. Um, so not someone who I would think would be buying into snake oil and you know that kind of thing. So he talks to me about this. You know, you and I um, connect. You're kind enough to actually give me a a trial of the of the um the Newcom app. Um, ironically, and and this is after I tried it, one of my friends had actually done one of the original machines in the um football hall of fame, um, who's just grieving, losing his wife recently and he's heartbroken. And but he remembered trying that years ago with a friend. He was like, dude, I did the 20 minute one and I felt like I just had a full night's sleep. So um but anyway, back to, to my story. So I want to preface this by saying it couldn't have been a better time for me to objectively try this technology. If I hadn't worked out in a year and I tried Tybo or get a Peloton or start jogging, all of those things, I'm going to see results because I've gone from zero to whatever. You know, they say the best best training program is the one you stick to. But by the time I tried Newcom, I'd actually already taken a deep dive into a lot of wellness things. So I abstained from alcohol for multiple weeks. Um do foundation training every day i've been doing the headspace app almost every single day so i would really cleaned up a lot of things in my life could drop down to just one cup of coffee a day um so i was already in a beautiful place so i didn't have that kind of bias where you know listening to music for 10 minutes would make a difference just simply listen to music um so the first time i plugged it in i did the uh the power nap and i lay there. and by the way for someone who did shift work for 14 years in very, very busy stations, I'm just that guy that can't take a nap. So I could never go to sleep. So that's a barrier. Like, oh, just take a safety nap. Well, I physically couldn't go to sleep. So I put the headphones on and the eye mask and I'm lying there and I can't even articulate how it feels. You have to try it for yourself. But it was so different. And I've meditated and all these other things. So, so different. I felt my arms and legs legs tingling after a while and it was okay for my mind to do a little bit of chatter because it was almost like it, it the conversation wouldn't last so it wouldn't become an intrusive thought it would be like hey here's an idea and oh it's gone <laughs> it was it was bizarre so tried that did the deep sleep app playing at night and i got to be honest my body at first was like this is weird you know make it stop but then you know again i kind of got tuned into that the right volume where the speaker should be but then the um the restore have I got that right? Restore, rescue, excuse me, the rescue app. Now that's what I'm I'm diving into now to actually, you know, try and do the the deliberate repair, deregulate element. So it's been, I think it's been a week now. My wife tried it one day and she's coming home tomorrow. So I'm going to put her on for two weeks because she's between med school semesters. But I've got to hold my hands up. There's on my hand, my one hand, I can count all the things that I shout from the rooftops from. Foundation training for back health. CBD, you know, Charlotte's Web is what I use now. um What else is there? The Thorn supplements, amazing. But this New Calm is now joining joining that list because I am blown away. And I'll get into where I think the applications would be incredibly powerful for this audience. But right off the bat, I there's no placebo because I'm not going into these thinking, oh, this is going to work. It's kind of the opposite. It's like CBD, you know. I think it's a bias the other way. So, firstly, I want to just say thank you and. You know, I was blown away, and I haven't even tried the creative side yet. Next to me is the pinboard of my next book, and that's the next thing after this weekend, um, I'm going to start playing it while I'm writing as well, and, and explore that flow, focus creative element.
1: So you bring up a couple awesome thoughts. Um, one of the things that has always humbled me about this technology, and we've pressure our test this to death. We did 10 years of research with the best scientists in the world. None of them wanted this to work because it wasn't their idea. Trust me. There's a lot of ego and academician mindsets. But one thing that's fascinating is it always works. But shift work and your inability to take a nap had nothing to do with, do I want to take a nap or not? Your locus of control was too strong to allow you to downregulate. You were never taking a nap. Force or not. You can put a gun to the back of your head and you're going to die if you don't take a nap. You're not napping. Your makeup and the, the neuronal circuit of your brain has a strong locus of control. You're not doing it. The first time you did it, you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? First time you did sleep, wait a second, what's going on here? Why? Because something else is coming to you externally and saying, hey. But the reality is, it's so safe. The first time some of you try this, there may be a few minutes of discomfort at the beginning because we're relinquishing control from you. Now we understand this, and when you do rescue, it takes us eight minutes to take you to theta. Why? Because we can't just come in and say, hey, we're gonna go on an elevator to the healing zone. You wanna come? Your locus of control and your central nervous system is like, no, I ain't doing shit with you because I don't know what you are. So rescue has a cumulative benefit. Deep sleep has a cumulative benefit. We are tapping into your vibration. We are using vibration. We are using resonance. Think about it like a tuning fork. What's cool is that you can't see what we're doing. So it really doesn't matter. It's not like, hey, I'm going to choose to fight this. But we've worked with every aspect of humanity. And the reality is, because it's math and physics, we could have you set up to a QEEG, EEG, HRV. It doesn't matter what we have you set up for. At minute nine, you're at four hertz. Not for debate, it's mathematics. At minute 23, you're at four hertz. All of the tracks are, are built- for a a full experience, the rescue tracks takes us eight minutes to take you down. We call it the departure lounge. We're going to prepare you. Then you get to theta. You're, you're skipping in and out of sleep. Most of you shift work, firehouse work. You have no idea the negative consequence of not having a circadian rhythm is doing to your body. No idea. Very, very detrimental to your health and your longevity when you choose to leave firework. Okay. You can't override it. I believe, and this data is alarming, long-haul pilots have a life expectancy of less than one year. They don't have a life expectancy upon retirement. I travel all the time. I'm in Denver right now. I was just in France. I go home for a day and I'm in Alaska. I rarely look in the cockpit anymore because I see a man who's probably 48 who looks like he's 70. Why? Because you can't override the diurnal aspect of the human body. We need to sleep and we need to sleep at night. So I implore you, I'm not a beggar. Begging has never worked. Ask my wife, right? Begging doesn't work. I'm not begging you, but I implore you to enlist a technology or any other way. You guys have to find a way, guys and gals in fire, police and EMTs, you have to find a way to help create a regular pattern of sleep because circadian rhythm, the operative word there, ladies and gentlemen, is rhythm. You can figure out what sleep pattern you need, but your body needs regularity. It needs to be able to predict something. So new calm is going to come to you, and it's going to be a gift that feels like it's from heaven. It's from angels. Why? Because it's a gift specifically built for the career choice that you've chosen. You can't override the body's need to sleep at night melatonin, serotonin, neurotransmitters, all this stuff is built for that reason. You guys override that and you suffer the consequence. That's just life, okay? For you, the pattern is really simple. You're going in for 24 hours or whatever your shift's going to be, and you're going to bunk, and maybe you get to sleep, maybe not. But if you can establish a habit of rescue every day, when we were doing the research with Chung Kang Peng at Harvard and NASA on stage four cancer and Chicago Blackhawks, they came to us in 2013 and said, did you know that 20 minutes of your product rescue is equivalent to two hours of restorative sleep? And I said, no, and I don't even know what that means. And he said, well, in sleep, stage two is typically theta. And after puberty, we cruise through it too quickly. We're not getting enough theta. We're not getting enough cellular restoration. If we got enough theta, we'd all live to 100 years old. Disease wouldn't take over because your body would be so clean all the time. But what you guys are doing by taking my brain and holding me in theta is you're giving me this concentrated access to sleep quality. It doesn't replace sleep. There are some crazy people that are dear friends of mine who use this as a sleep replacement so they can work even harder. And I say, hmm please don't do that. You're going to die faster and it won't be a fun death. So this doesn't replace sleep, but 20 minutes of new calm is equivalent to two hours of restorative sleep. So if you can build a daily habit of rescue, we are not replacing the sleep. We're augmenting the sleep debt that you are accumulating. Every day you don't get a good night's sleep, you never make it up. So the thousand cuts, 10, 20 years, 30 years and fire a thousand cuts, you're breaking down. Any of you listening to this who are in your late 30s, 40s, and 50s know exactly what I'm talking about. You wake up, inflammation's in your body, you just sometimes don't know where it's going to be feeling. You wake up and your blood feels like ragu because you're just stiff, right? That's the negative accumulation and consequence of not getting restored to sleep. So newcomb isn't a miracle, it's not going to change everything in your life but it's going to do two things very predictably and really powerfully for your health. It's going to downregulate your stress response. It's going to oxygenate your brain, and it's going to slow you down and give you restorative sleep when you do sleep. So the recipe is very simple. It is the same recipe, ladies and gentlemen, as stage four metastatic cancer. It's all the same. Rescue every day that downregulates your stress, literally cleans the slate, oxygenates your whole body, your mind, and prepares you for sleep. And then in bed, you put on a speaker, deep sleep. Deep sleep is the most sophisticated physics ever created. It took our neuroscience company, the pioneering neuroscience company with the best neuroacoustic software in the world, the only patents, the only FDA product ever created. It took us nine years to figure out deep sleep because we didn't want you to have to use a headphone. Hey, honey, I'm going to bed. Yeah, like a... You know, CPAP. Hey, honey, I'm going to look like an alien. No, it's got to be easy or else you're not going to use it. Deep sleep literally trains your brain to go into Delta. Now, I don't have that difficulty time falling asleep. Where my difficulty lied at 54 years old is around two o'clock, I'd wake up. Raise your hand if you wake up around two o'clock. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The biorhythm of the human liver activates at two o'clock and it creates adrenaline so it can enzymatically break down the toxins that you created during the day. So we all wake up at two o'clock. Hey, we're all the same. We're human. So at two o'clock, when you wake up, it was really difficult to fall back to sleep. That's where I'm literally perseverating over shit. I can't solve in the middle of the night, but I'm building cortisol and I'm building Anger because I can't fall back to sleep and I'm noodling over stupid stuff and I'm building cortisol. Deep sleep helps me there. I have no issue falling back asleep. In fact, there have been several times where I will look in my bathroom in the morning to see if it's yellow because I don't remember getting up to pee. So that's how strong this is. Rescue each day, deep sleep at night at the firehouse. Hey, we got you. Go take a nap, power nap, and rescue. Give me two hours of restored sleep in 20 minutes, and I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to be so mentally alert when it comes that there is a fire. I'm not making a mistake because I'm not sleep deprived. I'm not malnourished. I'm not dehydrated. I'm none of those things. I am on my game because I have oxygen in my forehead where I can make decisions. This is life-saving for a lot of people. Since 2011, we've been working with elite military operators. All right, many of you in police and fire come out of the military. You don't go on a mission at two o'clock in the afternoon and tell your enemy, hey, we'll be there at five. You do it in the middle of the night. So if you're sleep deprived or you're malnourished or you're having oxygen deprivation, you're in the mountains of Afghanistan, If we can put your brainwave at a state where you have access to full training and no clutter in your brain, you win because you don't make any mistakes. Same thing in a fire. You get into a fire, mistakes can happen. Disorientation can happen. And your mind can play tricks on you. But not when you've had a power nap or rescue and you're at this place of mental stability simply by anatomy and physiology. So is this life-saving? Hell yes, it is. But really, it's about your quality of life and your ability to sustain a balanced life so you can be there for the ones who love you and need you the most. So you can be there and be present with your wife, with your kids. You can enjoy your life. You certainly deserve it. You chose a career that puts you at risk every day. You're reactionary. It's not like fires are planned. Hey, James, on Tuesday at two o'clock, there's going to be a fire. Doesn't work that way. So you're constantly having to hit the adrenal cortex. But when your body is in balance, you win. When your body's not in balance, you're faking it till you make it until you don't make it.
0: So now, obviously, I'm not on shift at the moment, but I'm looking back at the value of this, and and you know, I've got to sleep in my own bed now for five years. So you know, I've had a lot of the kind of repair and rest and recovery. But when I think about the punctuation between um, coming off shift and going home to be a father, to be a husband or a wife, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And there are some tools, like there'll be times where I'd just walk around the station a few times. We had a field in the back and I'd do that. Or I'd row on the the row machine for 15 minutes, try and reset a little bit. And then my drive was always like an hour and 15 anyway. So I would... uh, um, Yeah, just kind of decompress down that way. When I think about this tool now, for the last 14 years that I was a firefighter, to simply, once you do shift change, once that next firefighter is sitting in your seat and you're dismissed, to go into that bunk room or even in your car in the parking lot and just simply do a, either a 20 minute power nap or a 30 minute um, restore session, that would be, be such an incredibly way of incredible way of downregulating your actual nervous system giving yourself a little bit more of a reboot when it comes to the sleep but also the acuity for you driving home because like i said i would drive 70 miles home after not sleeping for 24 48 hours so i think this is on top of the the actual all the other things we're going to talk about you know the down regulation tools the upregulation tools to simply use new calm to go between the end of your shift and the beginning of your time at home, that alone, if you just use it for that, would be invaluable on top of all the other things that we're going to talk about. It's so important, too.
1: Um, in fire and police, there's such a responsibility. And... There's there's an autonomy to it, and there's an isolation to it. You know, in leadership roles, it's it's lonely. But we all feel ashamed when we don't do our part at home. We all feel that gap, um, and that shame. We don't need to live like that. And the decompression from being on shift for a couple of days and then driving home seventy miles. First of all, you're putting yourself at risk for falling asleep at the wheel, right? You're putting yourself at risk for not having the reflexes that you need on the road. You're in Florida. Florida drivers are notoriously terrible. It's like the Indy 500 across five, six, seven lanes. I don't know. Half the time, I'm like, what are you in such a hurry for? If you're, you're that much in a hurry to die, we need to have that mental acuity. You know, it's, it comes down to this, James. We're all human, whether we believe it or not. We're all human, whether as a kid, we have no sense of mortality. As we get older, we see mortality. We see also death. We see our friends die. We see our families, you know, people die. So that becomes real, but we still, in our own mind, don't think it's going to happen to us. It's a it's a riddle. It's a mystery, but it's a joke. Of course it's going to happen to you because you're human. You have the same constitution that we do. You have cells. You have neurons. You have fibers. You've got bone. you got breath. So at some point, we just have to stop. Stop diving into uh, things that aren't healthy, right? We all find vices. We all find things that soothe our psychic pain. But if we don't find things that are healthy for us, we don't win. We don't win on the job. We don't win with our peers on the job. Do you think for one second in a fire team that people don't know the weak link? That people don't know when you're suffering? that people don't know when you might be, you know, partying too much. People don't know when, when you've isolated. So think about what you want. As in, in theories of meditation and monk-like philosophy, there are three times in a human's life when we have a cathartic change. We always think about the midlife crisis at 50, but the first one happens in 20s then 50s, and then the 80s. Most people in fire aren't going to make it to the third life decision-making tree because of the career choice and the challenges that you've done in trying to override the body's need for sleep. So today, as you're heading to your 40s, or your 50s, and you're starting to contemplate what do you want from the next part of your life, these are hopefully the times you say, you know what, whatever I'm doing is not good enough. And I have to come to the, the conclusion that I am human and that I do have vulnerabilities and I do have needs. And there are things out there that can help me. Period. Um, I love what we do. I love the simplicity of it. I love talking to people about it. I love seeing people change. I love when a veteran a special forces operator veteran has a Zoom call with me, and I can see the fear and the shame and the lack of trust in his eyes. But he's desperately calling for help. I can see it, and I'll ask him, "What have you tried?" I've tried everything, Mr. Poole. Nothing's worked. And I can look at him and say, "Well, congratulations. However the universe manifested this meeting, you're finally in position to have something that works. And not only does it work, it's going to work every time." It'll never let you down. Now, the journey may have some bumps. It may bring up some memory patterns that are uncomfortable. But as Winston Churchill once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. But do you know what it's like to have the confidence to look across someone and know with great certainty, we're helping this person. And then a month later, two months later, a Zoom call, he's in tears and his wife is in tears. I have my husband back. We're not a miracle. Newcomb isn't a miracle. Your body's a miracle. But when you're traumatized or you're living in this constant state of stress, you lose aspect to your brain. All we're doing is liberating that. We're allowing you to downregulate things you don't understand. Just do it. And over time, the cumulative benefit, James, you're just at the beginning of an incredible journey. It's incredible. It just gets better. And the more you use it, the more in tune you get. I'm at a place, 14 years of daily use of New Calm, that if I am beginning to fall asleep, I can tell you what stage of sleep I'm in. I don't want to have that level of specificity, but it's reaching a level where I'm so in tune. Now, in martial arts and in wrestling, I was always in tune with my surroundings. That's just a natural manifestation of the art. But now I'm in tune with vibration and energy kind of everywhere feel it, and I'm present. I live in a really unique way because I travel about 250 to 300 days a year. It's not a good lifestyle. No one would ever say, wow, your life is amazing. No, it's not. Now, maybe what I do is amazing, and the purpose and the journey I'm on, I love, and I feel like the the luckiest man on earth. But I do have three children. I do have a wife of 30 years. I would like to have more balance in my life, but I don't have that opportunity Using this technology allows you to simply be a healthier, better you. And it's not soft. It's not wishy-washy. It's not hugging and doing all this stuff. It's simply saying, hey, we're going to just put you in a place that allows you to be the best you. And we work with the toughest of the tough, ladies and gentlemen. I sit in front of your military operators, your top assassins, your FBI hostage rescue team, which is arguably the top police force in the world. I sit in front of all these guys and I say the same thing. I don't ask them about stress because stress is judgmental to a man. If I looked at you, James, and said you're not managing stress well, you're going to say, who the F are you? You're not going to listen to me. All I have to do is say, hey, who here has been through a divorce? Who here has been through two? Who here has a great relationship with their kids? Who here is satisfied with the balance in your life? Who here is sleeping well? That's all I have to do. And say, okay, guys, as tough as you are and amazing as you are, I applaud you and I thank you. But now I'm going to help you. And we're going to do this on a ritualistic basis. We're going to do this every day. Now, in the active military, it's a big investment by the United States government to put a special forces operator in the field. So they're going to use it every day because... We make them better, and we make them able to take care of themselves, take care of their mission, and take care of their team. But to the VA community, these people are starved. They're starved, and they've been so deprived of hope. James, you've tried a lot of things. You're on a mission to help yourself. You're like, listen, I did this for 14 years. I don't like where I'm at today. The cumulative negative consequence of my choice, which was mine, I don't like. This isn't who I want to be. So you've tried everything. You're bright. You're intellectually curious. You're determined. You're ambitious. You tried all these things. Very few things work. That's just the way it is. It's because it took us 32 years to map the entirety of the human brain. It took the brightest neuroscientists in the world, like a Nikola Tesla, George Akoski, 19 years to figure this out. Nothing's easy. So you look at your firefighter you say, hey, just do it. Just take care of yourself. Be If you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your wife. Do it for your kids. It doesn't matter what the motivation is. Just do it. Because the path you're on today is not the path of good health and wellness. And when you end your career, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like where you're standing. It's like being an NFL athlete. When I did the Hall of Fame, there was some... Old veterans with such bad TBI, after an introduction, four minutes later, they introduce themselves again. I was like, uh-oh, you're not even remotely close to being mentally there. And then all the dudes, it looks like you're in a convalescent home. These guys are in their 40s and they can't walk. Well, it's different for fire. You guys can walk. You're physically fit. But mentally... You've been beaten up, high cortisol, high stress, poor sleep.
0: So what was amazing is in, I didn't really say kind of my observation, so it feels weird and everything. I immediately found myself, um, you know, the nervous system shifting to parasympathetic. I had some of these visions, some of these traumas. I mean, real traumas, like the loss of my dog kind of play in my mind, which was interesting and I welcome because if it's something that wants to come out, then beautiful, let's go. But the other thing that was interesting is I actually, um, this has happened more than a few times now, I got really hungry towards the end. And knowing that you know, parasympathetic is feed and breed, I'm like, well, there we go. There's another kind of telltale sign. So for me personally, not only does it feel incredibly relaxing, and now I'm at, I'd am i say this hand on heart, foundation training, amazing for your back, but you've got to, it's you know, 12 minutes of putting in the work. It doesn't sound like very long, but you're in these positions. There's zero effort to Newcom. So now I'm literally looking forward to, all right, where can I do a 20 or a 30 between, this is my third episode, third interview today. And I did one between one and two. I didn't have time between two and three, but I've been able to stay mentally clear for three, two hour conversations. So that's, again, that's the end of my testimony. So yeah, so now if you, if you want to talk about, um, you know, the app itself and and the application.
1: Yes. So um, another thing you're going to notice when you do Rescue, when you get up, you have to pee. So in parasympathetic dominance, and it happens within five minutes, we literally take your sympathetic nervous system, which is your stress, and we put it almost to nothing. We keep some sympathetic tones, your heart keeps beating, but we raise your parasympathetic. And in doing that, we're pushing through your rest and digest and your growth hormones and oxygen and health and healing. When I get up from Newcomb, I'm always going to pee immediately. It accelerates that whole process. So if you are hungry or a little glucose deficient, or, you know, you're processing food, you're going to wake up hungry because you're not, you're in balance. Hey, great. I'm ready to go. So what I'd like to talk about for a second is simply, how would we take 33 years of patented clinically proven neuroscience? And, you know, I just want to share with, this with you. I understand that new sounds are good to be true. It sounded like that way to me in June of 2009. But I also understand that You don't become an FDA class medical device, Health Canada approved, military approved, NSS certified for sport, have the only patents in the world, and work with the best scientists from NASA and Harvard and the medical director of the NFL and work with the military, 56 professional sports teams, do 2 million surgical procedures replacing general anesthesia. Rescue has been used in 2 million surgical procedures replacing general anesthesia with people being cut open, listening to physics. This is the real deal because you haven't heard of it means nothing. We spent 32 years like an insular Willy Wonka neuroscience company. We spent zero money on marketing, yet we sold $30 million of a complicated Class 3 $6,000 medical device because it simply works. Okay. Now, how does it work? There are six channels. The six channels manage all five categories of your brain. We need from you a headphone. For rescue, for power nap and flow state, we need a safe place, a comfortable place, and an eye mask. We're putting you in this weird lucid dream state where you're you're literally, your mind wanders. That's because the physics has to be complicated or your brain will figure out the pattern. Your mind wandered because it's supposed to, because the physics is like, hey, come think about this. Hey, come think about that. But you can't stay on a thought pattern, okay? And that separation allows you to dissociate. When you dissociate from time and space, you're truly not controlling your body anymore. Your body's allowed to heal. And when you felt your body feel heavy, that is the first time you've probably felt the force of gravity. That's 9.2 meters per second squared on your body. You literally, so there's times where i have an inch on my nose, and I don't even know if I have arms. I'm like, I, I don't know where my arms are, and uh, who cares? It's bizarre. So rescue, power nap, and flow state are an immersive experience. Find time in your day. There's no excuse for you not to find one forty eighth of the day to take care of yourself. That's unacceptable. One forty-eighth of the day is 30 minutes. If that means getting up early before your alarm and doing 30 minutes of new calm, it seems counterintuitive. So Jim, you want me to wake up 30 minutes before my alarm to get up, go pee and get back in bed and do new calm? Yes, I do. Because you remember the equation. If you get five and a half hours of sleep, you get up 30 minutes early and 20 minutes is two hours of restored to sleep. You now got the value of seven and a half hours of sleep. So if your daytime doesn't allow for that opportunity, make it in the morning. On a regular day, not shift work, do not do rescue, power nap or flow state after 7 or 8 p.m. or within three hours of bedtime. When you do new call, we are taking all of your stress away. We're putting the amygdala and the reptile brain in the corner. We're saying, hey, the kids go to the kids table. The adults want to talk. Okay. But in doing that, we're oxygenating all of your brain. And that oxygen enthusiastically energizes your mind. You will never get out of new calm unless you're really fatigued, not feeling great clarity and just amazing like endurance. Your mental endurance is just, you're going to be amazed. I can do 18, 19 hour days in a foreign country with security and interpreters. And I'm just on my game. And I'm like, this is, this is like insane. Well, it's not, it's oxygen to the key areas of your brain. So you don't do rescue power and or flow state too close to bedtime, because trust me, you'll have a really, really creative, awesome night with no one to share it with, and you won't be sleeping. On the performance channels, we have focus. Focus brings your brainwave between 15 and 20 Hertz. It literally within minutes, without you doing any work, with just headphones and our software, you're at your computer, you're completely decluttered. There's nothing in your brain but what you're laser focused on. Your clarity, your comprehension, your concentration are peaked. Your ability to encode new information, process complex information, and consolidate to memory is incredible. Literally, we we interviewed someone recently, they said, I get like 10 hours of work in two hours. It's freakish. So you become highly mentally efficient and able to do things. The mind cannot stay in that zone for more than 20 minutes. There's a technique called the Pomodoro Technique. 20 to 25 minutes, and then your brain reaches diminished returns where you start having distractions. Like, hey, what am I having for dinner? Hey, what's going on with this or that and the other thing? So focus is an action-oriented channel. You use it with headphones, no eye mask, and you can do anything. So you can go walk. You can catch up on email, you can write, okay? Ignite is amazing. Who would have thought that by listening to something, you could completely energize me and focus me on a level that's freakish, where you could increase my endurance and my strength, my power and my output. All I'm doing is listening to something. It doesn't make sense. In 2015, Tony Robbins came to the Newcomb family and became close friends with me. In 2015, a Premier League soccer club said, Jim, our players love NuCalm. They're healing faster, they feel better, the jet lag's gone, it's amazing. But can you guys make something that'll energize our players to get on the pitch? Well, I have Blake Holloway in my corner, so I say, we can do anything. So six months later, we have an Ignite neuroacoustic software track. It is 13 minutes to 14 minutes long. It begins at 15 hertz. In the last three minutes, we call pure warrior brain. 40 hertz. Incredible. I call Tony. I say, Tony, we're testing something out for professional athletes in the military. you interested? Hell yeah, send it to me. Okay. I sent it to him. 20 minutes later. What the hell is this? I said, it's Ignite, bitch. And it's amazing. (laughs) So... He's like, I've never heard anything like this. I said, Tony, we have the only patents in the world. You're never going to hear anything like what we do. I said, what do you want to do with it? He said, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. He said, well, I'm friends with Ted Leonsis. He owns the Washington Capitals. So in April of 2017, Tony and I trained the Washington Capitals together. We built a track, put his words, his NLP, his training, the Washington Capitals, on top of our physics to create the most powerful mind control ever designed to get you in the zone. So on our app in Ignite, you'll see a track called Certainty. That's Tony Robbins trained in the Washington Capitals who won the Stanley Cup. The next year, we had so much fun, we went and trained the Golden State Warriors together and we created Gratitude. We trained them in a hotel in Oakland for five hours. Okay? Ignite was used for 7 years confidentially to the United States military special forces navy seals and 56 professional sports teams 998 people signed a confidentiality agreement we never commercialized it why because we felt like people aren't taking care of themselves they really need rescue if we give you adrenaline you'll you'll go to adrenaline and you won't take care of yourself so in November of 2021 when we went to a mobile app we launched deep sleep and rescue and we launched ignite we said we're done babysitting people can take their own decisions so ignite is headphones full action i use ignite when i'm working out cardio peloton and you guys will see your endurance your power your output all significantly greater okay it's amazing and when you're doing breaking your pr's and everything you're doing you're like okay this is freakish because our mind becomes our worst enemy When you're biking, within five to 10 minutes, lactic acid builds up in your thighs. You're like, why am I doing this? You start coming up with reasons why you want to truncate your ride. When you're listening to Ignite, you're like, get out of my way. I going to kill you. So it's amazing. And it'll absolutely blow your marbles. Deep Sleep's the last channel. It's the top channel. It's the top used channel. Today, we have over 1,250,000 minutes a day being listened to of NuCalm around the world. 1,250,000 minutes a day. At the end of this month, we're tracking to surpass 1 billion minutes of NuCalm since we launched in November of 2009. Now, 1 billion is too many zeros for the human brain to understand. So I love data. 1 billion minutes, ladies and gentlemen, is 1,903 years. That's how much time we've helped people in the last 14 years. Deep Sleep's the number one track in the world like 70 times greater than the next track, which is rescue. We have three eight-hour tracks. It doesn't mean it puts you to sleep for eight hours. It just means that if you are asleep for eight hours, we're filling in all these gaps. You will notice faster onset of sleep, deeper sleep, more REM, better sleep efficiency. And if you use a WHOOP or a Garmin or an Aura Ring, you'll see all the impact quantitatively on your sleep. But more importantly, when you wake up, you're excited for the day. You're not wondering how quickly you can get back to bed or crawling to your shower. It's amazing. So deep sleep is the simplest to use, but the most complicated physics. You put a track on with a speaker in your bedroom. You press play. Off you go. In your hand, in the palm of your hand, you now have a remote control for your brain. You don't need coffee. You don't need Monster Energy drink. You don't need accelerants. You're dragging ass and you're heading in for a shift. You're like, oh, I need to pick up. Put on Ignite, drive to the firehouse, you're good to go, man. When you get there, you're going to be lasered. You want to catch up on emails, you want to hang out, you want to read, whatever. Put on focus. You want to take care of yourself, you want to get that peace of mind, rest, restore, make up for a long shift, rescue, rescue, rescue. Every day you do rescue is a day you're giving back to yourself. Every day you do rescue is a day you're repairing yourself. Every day you do rescue, you're preparing yourself for a better life. That is the preparatory work and the therapy for the sleep improvement. People think because they want to cut corners and they want to do anything that's easy. When we lost deep sleep, we saw a drop in rescue. We're like, hold the phone, ladies and gentlemen. Deep sleep's a cherry on top. But if you don't balance your stress response, you ain't sleeping. So you got to do rescue and then deep sleep. That combination will improve your sleep so dramatically you have no idea. You have no idea what you're missing because you've normalized where you are. It's It's amazing. It seems like a miracle. It's not. It's easy to use. And it does wonders for you when you want it, how you want it. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care. It doesn't care if you have any disease known to mankind. It doesn't care if you're black, white, yellow, purple. It doesn't care if you live in Africa or Russia. It simply goes to your brain through your ears and says, hey, let's take a break. For those of you who would like to learn more, in 2016, a book was published about New Calm, written by the doctor Michael Gallitzer, who's an incredible doctor in LA, and he's a doctor to many of the stars. In fact, he's the one who introduced me to Tony Robbins. Larry Trivieri co-wrote this with him. Larry's written 35 books. This is a fascinating book because it talks about the invention path of very advanced neuroscience in terms that are easily understood. And it also, because Blake was one of the world's leading experts in the biology of addiction, talks about addiction. Then there's case studies in here of pilots and cancer patients. So Michael wrote the book. I called Tony. I said, hey, Tony, Michael's writing a book. I'd like you to write the foreword. He did. I was working with monks at the time. I called Brother Craig Marshall, the Yogananda monk that trained the Beatles on meditation. I said, hey, Brother Craig, I'd like you to write the preface. This is a book, ladies and gentlemen, where the foreword is written by a nuclear reactor of energy, and the preface is written by a monk, both using the same tech to derive benefit. It's fascinating. It's an easy read. I I recommend you check it out. Now, we've taken this complex neuroscience, we've put it into an app. We're never going to get anywhere if it's not easy to use and affordable. It's no longer $6,000. It's as low as 50 cents a day. Personally, I think most people are worth 50 cents a day. I know a cup of coffee, if you go to Starbucks, it's $5.65. That's not really helping me. It's adding cortisol and acid to my stomach and, and complicating a lot of things in my body. So, We have three ways you buy this. There's a channel plan, 50 cents a day, any channel you want, deep sleep, rescue, power nap, flow state, whatever. Then there's plans. People don't like to decide and people don't like to try to figure out what they don't know. So we built plans. There's core, which has the core therapies, rescue, power nap, and flow state. There's sleep suite, which is our most popular today, and that's power nap rescue and deep sleep. And then there's Edge. Edge is $50 a month. $50 a month. It's an investment. Well, it's a lot cheaper than $6,000, but $50 a month gets you everything. All you need is a mobile device, a headphone, and an eye mask for three of the channels. You download it. There's tons of instructional materials. There's YouTube videos. Our website is filled with information. We're here to help. We're here to serve. We're here to take complex science And just make it easy. Because when you try this, and you use rescue a couple days in a row, you quickly realize, I like living like this. I'm a better me. I feel more present. I'm actually listening to my wife and my kids. That's the way it is. So we made it easy. And we're we're here to serve. There's very few companies that you'll ever see that have raced to lower our price 99%. That have raced to take things. We had it easy. I could be a multimillionaire with ease and not really work that hard serving a defined group at $6,000. That's not our intention. When you find something so powerful, so poignant, so profound that literally can change the evolution of mankind and give us the, the tool to help us downregulate the stress and evolve faster, our honor, our privilege, and our responsibility to bring to the world. And that's what we do. That's how we've done it. And what you do in police, fire, EMTs is courageous, incredible, honorable, integrous, necessary. It's amazing the sacrifices that you've made to take care of your communities and you deserve better. And this is a technology that will help you get better.
0: Well, again, I, I agree. And I'm you know shouting from the rooftops, like I said, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think my friend that I that said he tried it at the uh, Hall of Fame, and I told him, "Look, you need to you need to try this thing." You know, he's he's grieving extremely hard at the moment. I know he's been struggling, um, but he's also open to a lot of holistic stuff. Um, he mentioned as well there was a seven day trial. There is. Yeah. So, so for people that are like, you know, as we talked about the money, you've got 15 bucks for the single one, you've got uh, 30 bucks for the suite, and then you've got 50 for the entire, you know, library. Um, people have seven days to actually try it for free before they make the decision on where they want to start.
1: Correct. So that's great. That's good insight. The, the internet's amazing. Our free trial is in like beta testing. We've had 636 people go through it in the last month. You can't really find it. But if you Google new call free trial... You can sneak in the back door. So, yes, Uh, within a month, maybe when this goes live, it'll be live and it'll be accentuated on the homepage of the website. But, yes, we're trying to break down every barrier known to mankind to make sure that people just have an opportunity to see. It's great technology. It works every time. But it doesn't mean it's for everybody. It doesn't mean that at this time in my life it's important to me. Fine. Maybe at some point it will be. So our job is to make it easier. More affordable,
0: more accessible well jim like i said i've i 've been blown away, and the fact that Ken was the one that brought it to me in the first place speaks absolute volumes. Um, I just want to thank you from you know for not only the story and and coming on the show today but for your part in bringing this technology to us because hand on my heart, the other things i 've mentioned are also integral parts of overall holistic holistic wellness. But this is absolutely game changing. And in a profession that currently is woefully overworked and underslept, the ability to reset after a shift, the ability to start their restorative program so that they don't die you know, five years after retirement, which is notorious in our profession, and don't get lost in a fire and don't fall off a ladder or crash into a minivan full of people at an intersection, There are so many elements of this that I think are going to be absolutely game-changing. So I want to thank you so much, not only for your time today, but for bringing new calm to our audience.
1: My pleasure. And thank you for having me because it's opportunities like this that allow us to showcase what is possible. Your brothers and sisters can't help themselves if they don't know it's possible. So appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate the love and support. And people, take care of yourselves. You're only in this journey once. Now it's happening live. You're living right now. Take care of yourself so you can be there for the ones who need you and love you the most.